You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So today we wanted to talk about something a little bit different, and that is how we consume our news. So obviously, being from two generations, uh, a lot has changed in the way that people uh, sort of watch the news, trust the media, and sort of uh, access it, uh, definitely. Because I would imagine for many people who are not Gen Z, such as millennials and up, it was probably TV. And then to a certain extent, online when it came to some articles but i believe that for the majority of uh honestly for the majority of my lifetime i still watch tv to get the news but now there's so many different ways to do it so we kind of want to talk about how these generational differences have sort of shaped how we view media and uh how we sort of access it is there anything that you want to uh talk about in regards to that i think the only thing i would add is this is an interesting topic for me because my whole original interest in what I wanted to study in college mm-hmm. was essentially uh, communications journalism to be, uh, a, a, I don't want to say, how do I say this, a TV news personality. I wanted to be an anchor person. I cannot believe that you wanted to be a journalist at one point. It, just, it is kind of amazing, isn't it's it? It's so funny. Yeah. I feel like it just doesn't suit you. You're curious, yeah. but I feel like you I mean, at that point in time, you really had to hunt down stories, you know? It's not like you could just take something from a content mill and then repost it. You do know I used to write for my school newspaper in college. Did you interview people? What did you do? I did. Oh, that's I great. Did. I, was the fe- I was a features editor, so it was not I anything. was too. That's kind of crazy. How about that? At yeah. the same school, just a different generation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so I figured that most of the time when you were thinking about news, what do we think of? Which channels? NBC, CBS, and ABC, at least for Gen Xers, because that was really all that existed when I was growing up. Well, did Fox exist when you no. were growing up? What about CNN? That's no, been around we for remember a... the beginning of CNN. In fact, your mom and I were watching a documentary recently uh, on some of the the big things that happened in the 80s, mm-hmm. and th- the beginning of CNN was highlighted because one of the things that Ted Turner, who founded yeah. CNN learned was that people beginning in the 80s or at some point in the 80s no longer wanted to wait for the news at a certain time they wanted to have it when they wanted to have it okay so it was the very beginning of really what 24 7 coverage to an extent I suppose. well i think 9 11 was um yeah is commonly referred to or is seen as the um period of time when 24 hour news really took off maybe it wasn't what instigated 24-hour news, but it's really when it took off. But okay. I also remember the Gulf War, too. Okay, yeah, tell me this. So I remember in Toy Story 1 or maybe 2, uh-huh. somebody falls asleep on the couch, and the national anthem plays, and then it goes static because mm-hmm. the news channel ends, whatever. Was that around in the 90s or the mm-hmm. early 2000s? I, I feel like... I don't think so, but I certainly okay. remember that. I mean, the TV, you know, they would play the national anthem and it would go to the snow, is what we called it. Oh, that's so weird yeah, to me, probably... thinking that TV was limited at a certain point in time. I mean, I remember getting the three channels, 
uh, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and Disney Channel, and then PBS. Okay, that makes four. <laughs> yeah, before PBS was before too, satellite was, was you know uh, a viable option for a lot of people, but that was definitely a grandma's house thing. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, just back to how we consume news. Were you? Were you, I guess since you wanted to be a news personality, how were you? Like, I can't imagine you just sitting in front of the TV with mom and pop up watching the news, right? Or did mom watch the news? She liked Dr. Phil. Maybe she was more interested in uh, You know what? She liked Phil Donahue. Phil Do- Have you ever heard of Phil Donahue? Phil Donahue? Okay. Phil Donahue <laughs> preceded Oprah Winfrey as sort of the talk show, uh, sort of pioneered the talk show format like we know it today that everybody seems to have. Dr. Phil worked with Oprah, too. So I guess they oh, were yeah, all yeah. in, like, cahoots to an extent. Well, Dr. Phil and Phil Donahue are not the same person. No, I didn't think yeah, so. I no. didn't think Phil so. Phil Donahue was really a pioneer in the talk show. Uh, so the, the whole Oprah Winfrey format mm-hmm. was modeled, certainly, maybe it wasn't modeled after Phil Donahue, but it was reflective of Phil Donahue and everybody else after that. People you haven't heard of, like Sally Jesse Raphael. Nope. Ricky Lake. I've heard the name, but I don't know who he is. Uh, no, Ricky is a female, actually. No yeah. idea, then. Um, who are some of the others? There's been a whole slew. One of the Wilson Phillips. Remember the, the group? No, you don't remember the group. No, Wilson I don't. Wilson Phillips. Carney Phillips or somebody had a had a talk show. So there have been a – and, you know, Drew Barrymore has a, has a talk show now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody has one. We uh, have a talk Jeff show. Jeff Probst had a talk show. We have a talk show. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Jeff Probst has Survivor. So if the Jeff Probst show couldn't exist, then he's doing just fine on his own. Did you know he's an author as well? Isn't everybody an author? You know? I'm not. not okay. <laughs> it's just like everybody has a podcast. You know, everybody who writes a book is on the New York Times bestseller Everybody has list. a podcast, but not everybody has a great podcast. That's fair. That's fair. And obviously, you know, it's up in the air for what some people might think about ours, but we think it's great. We think it's great. You might not get your news here necessarily, but you're always going to get what's new with us. Exactly. A fresh take. So um, you mentioned Oprah and Dr. No, Phil Donahue. Donahue. Um, Would you, I didn't even think about this. Would you consider Oprah news to an extent? I feel like she covered current topics or. She came from the television news. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that she was um she was an anchor herself. She was right. Yeah. And um then she formed Harpo Studios mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that eventually became her production house for yeah. everything Oprah. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. But yeah, I would say I mean that's very it's infotainment. Yes. It's not news. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. So I remember still reading the newspaper when I was like a kid mm-hmm. or when I was you know, before I was a teenager and everybody had a smartphone, you know, reading everything. Um yeah, I always thought the comics were the most fun part. And to an extent, you mm-hmm. know, people say print is dead. And I would say for newspapers, that's probably for the most part true, except in small communities. I still see the stands and stuff like that. Um, when did you notice a decline in print yeah, for that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good question. So early in my professional career, I was traveling a lot. Yeah. And you would always get the USA Today mm. or the local paper okay. either under your door in the morning, mm. under your hotel room door, mm-hmm. or hanging uh, in a bag. Sure. Okay. And, and then, and I love that because, you know, you would just take a look at the headlines because this was before the internet, don't forget. This was like 1990. Did you have to subscribe to a newspaper or did they just forcibly give it to you? Uh, good question. Um, they just gave it to you. Often it was if you were a member of their loyalty club. Okay. But then what I noticed started to happen in probably the 2000s is that you had the option 
of like when you signed in or checked in in your hotel room, mm. you had the option of did you want the paper or not, That's which cool. told me that uh, there was a little bit of a decline in demand yeah. for it. And okay. then they would start putting it out in the lobbies. Mm. So if you wanted a copy, you can pick it up. Yeah. And to some extent, I think I maybe still see that on an occasional trip, but you know, what's the point? I feel like newspapers have kind of gone the way of books. Obviously, books are still more popular, but you know, when somebody asks you to, if you want uh, to read the newspaper, I don't know. You're just like sitting at breakfast. You want to open it. It seems kind of vintage, right? You know, it's kind of fun to have that like old school. Yeah, sort of I think way of there's doing something it. to be said about a Saturday morning. Uh, you know, this, there's this image of I've never experienced it, but a relaxing Saturday or easy like Sunday morning. You you sit down and you you have a cup of coffee and yeah. you go through the New York Times or you go through the paper that is prevalent in the area. Um, yeah. Local newspapers, like our local newspaper yeah. is DOA. I don't even think, it does still exist, but it's really, really thin. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be. And people of a certain generation are largely the ones mm -hmm. who subscribe. Yeah, so. yeah, I gotcha. Well, let me tell you, it's so much easier reading print than looking at a screen. I feel like these days, I, agree. I look at a screen for so much of my time, whether it's for job or, you know, editing this podcast or doing which even, i will be doing more of now yeah you know it, it's like i feel like i'm just always looking at a screen it's kind of harsh too um and it's kind of funny because you know you're working all day and you're looking at a computer screen mm -hmm. and that's the bad screen right mm -hmm. but then you want to go reward yourself with a good screen right which is just your tv at home right. you know so yeah. it's just like for most of the day you're just or, or your phone yeah you're just almost entirely online yeah but speaking of entirely online i kind of want to switch to yeah um, what journalism and, I guess, media is right now. Because I would imagine that most of us probably don't sit down, turn on the TV, and watch the news channel anymore. At least anybody who's even... I'd say Gen X uh, also consumes a lot of information online, mm -hmm. like Facebook. Don't they have a news feed? I wouldn't know. Sure. They probably do. It's all... Yeah. Um, and then um, I would say that people just kind of read topics of interest you know articles from multiple different sites because there's yeah. thousands upon thousands of news sites some aren't as reputable as say the new york times or the miami herald or um i don't know philadelphia inquirer yeah philadelphia inquirer and however you feel about fox news i mean you know so yeah uh, you know what's interesting though is i think about this and before we sort of move into present day media um because all of these media did not exist or all of the media did not exist uh, 20 years ago, mm. 30 years ago. If you had the job of being the evening news anchor, right? Or even if you had the job of the morning news mm. anchor, now the evening 630 slot was always the prestige. So if you yeah. had that slot, you were, if you're in those roles, you are shaping public opinion. Yeah. You are informing the masses. Like Walter Cronkite. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, Barbara Walters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was obviously a pioneer. Uh, there are others, too, that I would name whose names are less familiar, but Peter Jennings from ABC News, Dan Rather from CBS News, mm -hmm. Tom Brokaw from NBC News. And now that would be the George Stephanopoulos or David Muir? David Muir is yeah. the ABC. So. Yeah. Those people, those people were um, probably more widely recognized than they are today, the people who filled those slots. So they were like, they were like what influencers yes. are now to us. They, they were, were the, they they were were the celebrities. deliverers of news. Yeah, they were celebrities, almost like in their own right. And they were noted for their journalistic integrity. 
Yes. And when which... do you think that started seeing a bit of a decline? Like, legitimately. Because I think most people can agree mm. that journalism is not what it once was uh -huh. because anything I, is news these the days. The explosion of media outlets, media platforms, meant that journalism, in my opinion, started to take a turn because in order to capture ratings, mm -hmm. uh, you had to sensationalize uh, headlines. Yeah, and, of course. And all you have to do is watch five minutes of certain morning shows. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to the words that they use, mm -hmm. they are, um, they'll use words like explosive, bombshell. Exaggerated words, right? Exaggerated words that are, in my opinion, offensive because interesting i'm an i'm an educated adult well you know you also have to remember that they tr when when you put out a news story you're trying to cast to the widest net of people possible uh -huh. right uh -huh. you want as many eyes on this as possible so what's more exciting i mean maybe to you that's not you don't like it as much if they say that but what's more exciting to the average person you know this is a bombshell story mm -hmm. they're like okay now i'm hooked and then they're talking and it's kind of weird. It's like somebody tells you a great story, and then you tell that story to somebody else, but you can't tell them the same way. Yeah, you embellish it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't tell them the same way because they told it so well, yeah. you know? But then you're just kind of like, oh, okay. But I think that's I think that's sort of where we are right now. Yeah. And some would say that's what yellow journalism mm -hmm. was back in the day. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you ever, you ever been a victim of clickbait? Almost everybody has. All of us have. You read this headline, and you're like, oh, wow, it led me to believe something. And then they don't even talk about There's that. There's not for even the first in the article. Or it's the article, all the way at the at bottom. The end, at, yep. And all those ads and all the junk. No, I'm, I'm smart. Well, I mean, I think we all have gotten smarter on that. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you know, back in the day when yeah, yeah I definitely fell victim to that a lot of times. But, I mean, you know, even now, it's just... They'll come up with this headline that is so wild to me, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. then it turns out to be nothing like what they were saying before. No. Um, and that, I would say, almost every website I go to is pretty guilty of that. But another thing I want to talk about now is subscriptions to online news services. Yeah. Like, the New York Times. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're only allowed, what, one article mm -hmm. a month mm -hmm. before they start charging you for mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. And... Um, I mean, almost every place is popping up with that subscription model. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate the places that are like, hey, you want to do a subscription? And then I'm like, no. And it says, don't ask me again. And I can just keep reading as much as I want. Yeah. I think that's just kind of crazy because you would think that they're making more money mm -hmm. than they did with the declining years of print because there's something called ad revenue mm -hmm. that they get, obviously. And you know when you visit a web page and literally the whole page is just filled with ads? And you, you might figure you, out how to close those ads? And you accidentally click on it and it brings you to uh, another web page? And you're eating. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But, you know, I think we're very desensitized to how many ads are on a page. Oh, yeah. But if you really take time to intentionally look, there are so many. So my bigger point is a lot of advertisers are paying money to be on a reputable or maybe, you know, just a newspaper's page. It's still going to get a decent amount of eyeballs, and you get paid per 500, per 1,000 views, per se. And there's, what, six, seven on a page? Mm -hmm. You'd think they'd be making some decent money mm -hmm. from that. Maybe not enough to, like, be where they were at one point. But the New York Times, for example, asking, yeah. not making it optional, it's just odd to me. I feel like they're such an institution. It's like, aren't they getting funded? I mean, aren't, 
it would make you it would make you think that their advertisers would be paying enough money, mm-hmm. even with like a free site. And I'm not as much. I'm a not enough of a consumer of news to want to subscribe. So, for example, sure. But I'm just talking when somebody sends yeah. you an article or oh, I know something recommends an article to you. You're like, there's a paywall. I'll oh, get the heck out of here. And, you know? and then mm, two out of three times, I will just ignore it. I mean. If it's an article I'm really intrigued by, because there was an article right over the holidays that I was really interested in, so I had to work hard to gain access to mm-hmm. it because so but otherwise it's just it's it's really it's a barrier between me mm-hmm. and the news source because I'm not gonna pursue it. But that's because there are too many other ways to get your news. So yeah. for example, I um okay, so I, I glance at literally glance at USA Today dot com daily. Okay, so just, you just go to their just homepage, to get headlines, just to see, see what's, what's going on, yeah. kind of thing. And I noticed in 2021 that they started having certain articles that were available for subscribers only. So if I clicked on them, I couldn't access them. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Um, but it started with a few, and by the end of 2021, it was probably two thirds of the articles. Yeah. Even obviously, it's 2022 now. So to this to this point, it's. Far more. You think more people would be looking at all that because if I think if 2020 changed anything, uh-huh. way more people were online and probably looking at news sources. Yeah. But they probably knew that too, and they're just like, "This is a perfect time to hike up our prices." Yeah. You know. So. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would agree to this, agree with this, but in recent years, because of all the news that's been so bad, and I will say pre-pandemic. Um, it just got so overwhelming. I mean, between text messages and emails and push notifications oh, yeah. and podcasts and websites and television news and and satellite radio news. I mean, it's just everywhere. That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting. So I've really cooled it on my news intake. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about how for our mental health, you should really sort of limit your news intake. And I have to tell you, I, I don't miss it. I mean, I used to be a big fan of morning television as I was getting ready for yeah, work. Yeah, you used to watch, um, yeah, you watched, you used to, Robin Mead. Robin Mead. Right. Yeah. And I remember I would enjoy uh, watching her in the morning right. as well. But um, I think that was sort of right before, yep. before things before changed transition. a lot. Yep. And she was such an entertaining She's still on. person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm just saying she was so entertaining. And it's just like what you said with, the personalities people had there was less news sources mm-hmm. i suppose or mm-hmm. it seemed like there was um it seemed like there was less so you weren't so overwhelmed all the time most people would pick maybe one or two places that they get their news or watch tv and it was as simple as that mm-hmm. nowadays there's so many different different topics of interest mm-hmm. from so many different outlets you're just pulled in so many different directions i just you know People, I, people, I think aren't as attached to legacy or established media as they were um, in the past. Of course, you know? uh, agreed. I would also say there is woeful media bias. Um, yeah. On on both sides of the political spectrum, it's partisan. But it is yeah. so evident in most of the media that uh, it's really, uh, honestly, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, it's a turnoff because it's so. Clearly, I mean, it used to be news. Now it's opinion. A lot of it is opinion. A lot. I mean, all the shows that are opinion shows. Well, you know, it's it's funny because this is a news article. So sensational. But 
at the end of the day, we're interested in what people have to say. And that's why we have influencers now. Right. Court of public opinion, right. especially with social media. You know, of course we know we're going on a news website, but it might be an event that happened mm-hmm. mixed in with a feeling or a thought. Yeah. But it's not I like how the New York Times writes opinion, so you know it's an opinion. Right. Whether it's a bad one or not, you know it's right there. But and I'm here to tell you, I do not click on those because the only opinion that I care about is my own. Yeah, but at that this... is formed by different news sources. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that okay, I'm, sure. I'm ignorant in my. I'm just. My opinion is the only one that matters. I know I just said that, but mm. it, what matters is that I can take news sources and distill from each of those mm. what I believe to be. Uh, factual. Well, I think it's important to be well-rounded because at the end of the day, sometimes it can just be so mentally tiring just to see the war between both partisan politics mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, they'll attack each other. You know, they'll call each other names and they'll demonize each other. That didn't exist when there were three networks. Well, yeah. Also, the three networks were owned probably by like, what, two different people? You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like if there's one good thing about the diaspora of news... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. ABC only, yeah. You know, um... I, I I do want to kind of move into independent news creators, which mm-hmm. is really great. Now, there's a certain vetting that you have to do with some of the bigger outlets where it's just like, okay, this has to be so, probably true or this has to be like somewhat true. With independent creators, you can kind of say anything you want, like on YouTube or if you're doing a podcast or if you're doing some kind of like radio show. I feel like you're not held to as high of a standard but what I do like about independent news creators is that they're not held to a specific network standard. You know, they don't have to follow the rule of like swearing. They don't have to follow the rule of like, well, the executives may or may not like this. Mm-hmm. You know, they can say what's on their mind. Mm-hmm. Now, that can be, of course, a double edged sword. It can be to our detriment or to our benefit. But I think that's really interesting because I just read the statistic. So. I think Fox News got 5 million or 5.5 million viewers on election coverage. That's obviously going to be a peak. I think they generally get, um, it says right here, they have an average audience of, how many do you think? Average audience. I don't know. 3 million. 420,000 viewers. Mm. Yeah, crazy, right? Wow. So I think a lot of people. Yeah, that's different. I think a lot of people watch clips, so of, yeah. Yeah, clips of Fox News. Um, which would be on the internet. And CNN was second with 148,000 viewers, and MSNBC had 140,000 viewers. And they spend half their time talking about uh, who gets more viewers. Yeah, and you know what? Like Sometimes they're just talking. It's crazy. Well, it's with filler. what you were saying with exactly filler, it, news used to say, here's what's going on. See you later. We'll talk about it. We'll talk to you next time we have now news. Now you got to fill 24 hours. Yeah, now you just have people just talking back and forth to each other. You're like, What's going on? Yeah. Like, what am I watching? Uh-huh. But um, I find it interesting with independent news creators. They can release a video. They'll be up for a day. It could get a million and a half views. And it doesn't always have to, but it could get well, it's thousands. All social, right? That's what I'm saying. Thousands yeah. upon thousands upon thousands of views. Each video that they put out, if, even if it's just on YouTube or maybe Facebook, mm-hmm. it can get way more views than large established media networks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's wild. So, of course, that can spread disinformation around a little bit more. I was more. just going to say. But there are really. So people flock to. Sure. Who they flock to. And, of course, there are partisan politics on right. both sides of the spectrum. But there's some really good people who um, 
really independent. They they verify. Uh, they try to verify what they say as much as possible. And I think when you're then all right. So Walter Cronkite was supposed to be um, what what was what was his moniker? Like the most trusted man in America, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you put your news and your message through a filter of what the network executives would want you to say. That's a half truth, which isn't mm-hmm. really a truth at all necessarily, right. Right. right? Because there's a bias. And of course, I don't think we can all objectively be truthful all the time, but I like what I like the idea of people being able to present an alternative take. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there are some conspiracy theories and there's stuff that's not grounded mm-hmm. in fact, but it's good to be able to consume multiple different viewpoints and opinions. I try to listen to conservative liberal and in between sources so that I can sort of be more informed as I go into looking at what Twitter has to say about politics or social media, you know, because I think it's just so easy if you're listening to just one side to be like, yeah, I guess that's true actually. Or like, I I agree with this. Um, Maybe that's right. I think it's just important to listen to a wide variety of opinions. And wouldn't you say in the past couple years, you've sort of, you haven't crossed the aisle or anything like that, but you've gotten a different perspective from books and media that you wouldn't necessarily go to immediately before. Wouldn't you say that you've become more understanding of a certain viewpoint? A hundred percent. I mean, the truth is often somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And um, yeah, to be only focused on one media source or multiple media sources that are um, comparable to one another Mm -hmm is going to lead to misinformation. Yeah. Regardless of where they are um, in terms of their perspective. So I think it's important to, you know, I mean, I have someone that I work with who says they watch multiple media outlets so that they can get different takes on the same story and formulate what they believe is in the best interest for the organization. Yeah. And I think that's a good leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um I really hope, um, just sort of as a closing argument, mm-hmm. I think people, I, I think people nowadays realize just how divided we are mm-hmm. with our news, politics, and opinions. Yeah, and I think it's getting to a point where it's coming to a head, and people just don't really they get tired of it, right? I'm really hoping that the news outlets that we see that we generally associate with one side or the other mm-hmm. will become a lot more neutral, and that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit in my check it out section, because I wouldn't say that this news outlet completely turned the corner, but they released something that was very surprising to me and something that I kind of appreciated because it was unexpected and it felt like more balanced news. Right. You know? So, uh, do you have anything else to sort of talk about? I was just going to ask you where you get your news now, where and how do you get your news? So, um, generally speaking, if I want to learn about current events, I'll check Twitter moments mm-hmm. and I will. So I'm, mine's almost entirely online, if not only online. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll check CNN.com and I'll check Fox News as well. I usually try to stay away from CNN mm-hmm. or Fox's opinion columns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listen to Joe Rogan for current events or just things of interest. Like if he brings on a guest mm-hmm. that is an expert in some field, I'll sort of learn about that but it just 
sometimes I'll just have a question about something in politics and then maybe some outlet will come up. I read Vice too. Mm-hmm. Um, Vice is occasionally good. Uh, I'm not even – that's an app. Yeah, I try to stay away from tabloid-ish uh-huh. news. I listen to Lauren Chen and Larry Elder. I used to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show podcast, mm-hmm. but as smart as he is and some things I uh, think he's right about, I just – I don't know. Sometimes partisan politics really just flows through some mm-hmm. of those things, mm-hmm. and it's just like you can only take so much. Yeah. Um, but I mean – don't get me wrong. I try to listen to like all sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some more news. Who's on YouTube is really good. Um, there's some like I mentioned. Lauren Chen is a YouTube personality, yeah. and Larry Elder is a nationally syndicated columnist for a long time. He's um, had a radio show for I think like 30 years. He's great. He leans, um, I would say, center right to maybe more right leaning. Mm-hmm. But I like his message of hard work and accountability over mm-hmm. sort of really going in and attacking first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's figureheads from the left that I really like, and there's figureheads from the right that I uh, like as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just, it's interesting to me because I want to see where they disagree with each the other. The differences. I do like listening to debates as well. And um, I've listened to a couple Twitch streamers. I wouldn't say I take everybody as fact, but sometimes I'm just fascinated to know how these people think, right? So there's a guy named uh, Hassan Piker. Do you know the show? It's like something, The Young Turks or whatever. Uh, I think so. Okay. A so podcast? Maybe it's a podcast. I thought it was a TV show. But anyway, Hassan Piker is the uh, nephew of like the main guy, mm-hmm. and he considers himself a socialist. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the highest paid streamers on Twitch mm-hmm. last year. So I was like, what's this guy all about? Like, what's his Id- like, what are his ideas and ideology? So I usually don't go into news to immediately agree. I go there to learn about that opinion, see <laughs> why they think that way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if it's like a fact, like a, something that happened, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'll, I'll go anywhere for that. But I'm interested to see what different personalities say and what I think versus that, because I think if you're listening to somebody on one side, you're going to tend to think that way, right? Oh, 100%, which is why it's important to listen to different sides. Yeah. And different perspectives. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so it just it just depends. Um, there's a lot of there's just a lot of very interesting people, and I find that... And not so interesting people. Yeah, you're right. I've, yeah. I've tried some, and a multitude of opinions, like, let's be honest, like, I... Tucker Carlson is really smug, but that's a story for mm-hmm. another day. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's news. I think that's opinion based. Um, but you and know, Rachel Maddow is not. I don't know who that is. <laughs> okay. uh, All right. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's because it's opinion, it's smugness, it's if you don't agree with this, you're wrong. Yeah. Kind of attitude and persona. I, I you know what? I listen to a four minute podcast every morning. It is a news podcast. It's updated hourly. Yeah. I don't listen to it hourly because it doesn't change enough. Yeah. Um, but that's, by and large, how I get my news anymore. And sometimes it's multiple podcasts, different um, t- different podcasts, news podcasts. But I like the quick bites. I like, because I don't, I don't listen to it for opinion. I listen to it for fact, for what I hope are facts or for information. <laughs> Maybe I should call it information because not all the information sure. is facts. But a lot but, of times when people are giving their opinion... It's like commentary on a thing that actually happened, and that's how I learn yeah, in a lot of ways. No, so. I think that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. It helps inform us. But you listen to NPR, right? No, you don't. 
No, I, on occasion I do. Yeah, I go to, I got. I mean, I, I go mean, to, on occasion I listen to. NPR. I actually, I actually go to. I, I go to NPR for some news. Uh-huh. Um, I had a professor who swore by NPR. Yeah, and, a lot of people um, do, particularly in the college environment. I do. I do like them. I find them to be prob- authentic. Probably the closest thing to authentic that mm-hmm. I've found yeah. through most I, of the I news think sites an that I use. Earnestness about NPR that um, Associated the, Press too. Like yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I do that. News, yeah, yeah, they do news. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm being a little facetious, but I mean, truthfully, I think that's well. They dictate the how AP, I write. Yeah, I was going to say the <laughs> AP is is you know should be a trusted news source. You know, I should go to the White House. Uh, doesn't like the White House like release news or something like that? I don't. Well, know. I wouldn't do that. But let's move on. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's check it out. All right. Let's go <laughs> check it out. So I was talking about how sometimes like a news outlet surprises you. I'd love to be able to see more neutral or more news that kind of doesn't have to follow one message all the time, Mm -hmm. right? You know, not so partisan that you're locked in a corner, right? Mm -hmm. So the New York Times actually released a video on YouTube called Liberal Hypocrisy is Fueling American Inequality. Here's how. NYT opinion. So yes, this is an opinion. Mm-hmm. But which news site do you think this would come from first? Like the title of that video. CNN. No, Fox News. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy yeah, just to see that. Pro. Yeah, they did a really. This was like actual journalism. Mm-hmm. They did a really deep dive. They looked into statistics. They looked at history over time. They. We're talking about promises that have not been kept. It's an actual way to sort of show you what their argument is. It's like a video essay, you know? Mm -hmm. I would like people to stop telling me something and start persuading me to actually sort of follow this opinion, right? Mm -hmm. Or Because if you're going to make an argument or a giant bold claim, you can't just talk with emotion an impulse, you got to back it up with some sort of fact, right? You got to back it up with some sort of set of facts that, you know, obviously make your argument stronger. Yeah. I think that's important. And I think this was actually shown very well in this video. So I appreciated that. How long is the video? A little over 10 minutes, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of video. So I appreciated that they were able to do that. Yeah. In a tight timeline, mm-hmm. but also not worry about being so controversial that it got in the way of them actually doing reporting. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was I thought that was good on them. I thought that was good on them. Yeah. So I have to I have to watch it. Yeah, that has like five point eight million views, maybe more now. Okay. Your stats on uh, the number of people who listen to or watch one news outlet over another is fascinating because yeah. the numbers are so low. Oh, right. You know, again, though, because there are so many outlets, you know, it's the portfolio has been diversified. So instead of everybody watching one, two or three, mm-hmm. one of three networks, there are hundreds of news outlets you, and only so many people. To you go could around. argue. So you hear people talking about Fox and CNN mm-hmm, so much. Mm-hmm. It's because they're seeing small clips, making commentary on it. And then more people grab hold of that and are saying, this is what I think about that. Maybe right. without watching the entirety of the segment. Right. right? So it feels like more people watch that than they actually do. Right. It, it, they're still very aware. Like right. it still gets a lot of impressions, uh-huh. right? But they're not – people aren't sitting down, turning the TV channel on. Like it might be something like – Literally a clip that was sitting released. and watching the news. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So go ahead. All right. My check it out is not news um, yeah. related. 
It is a book that I got for Christmas that I read. Oh, nice. Already. What is it? How about that? It's called I'll Take You There. I'll Take You There. And you may recall that in one of our uh, recent podcast episodes, we talked about favorite books. Is it Wally Lamb? It is. Did you talk about this one in a recent uh, episode? Did I? I know. I think we discussed while we did. This. We were talking about books. Yeah, and then you were talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. so because your mom listened to that episode, right? Which we appreciate. Yes. Um, she remembered that I like Wally Lamb as an author, and uh, found another book that I had not read, and so by Wally Lamb. So I got it for Christmas, and I was rather pleased that that gift came about as a result of a podcast episode. Yeah, and. Um, I read it over the holidays. Read it in a couple of days, and nice. it was a it was a great read. So, again, another another win for me um, in terms of reading. So, you know, like like everybody, I have goals. We talked about this in a recent episode too. I have some goals, and one of them is to read more books this year. And when I say read more books, that includes Audible, mm-hmm. but I'd rather sit down and read a book. And I'm halfway through yet another one too, mm-hmm. so I might actually double the number of books I read. From 2021, that's that's a bit of a hy- that's a bit hyperbole, but yeah, but. I think that's fair. Grace has a great goal to read four books this year, which I think is really attainable uh-huh. for uh-huh. somebody of our age. Of course. Well, I'll tell you this real funny story, real quick. Yeah. So one of my my favorite podcasts. Yeah. Mad about movies. Yeah. The guys are all three in Texas, mm-hmm. and they talk about different media. Uh, and uh, they were talking about how many books they had read this year. Sure. Yeah. Sixty-five. What? 48. These are all, like, people with lives. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, that's a One lot has of... a family. The other guys have spouses, partners. So, I mean, it's it's. I was like, what? And they're watching every single movie. So, they obviously, I don't know. They have more hours in the day than maybe I that's But a, all that said, Maybe that's exactly what they do in their free time only. It is a lot of books. 65 Yeah, they're year? avid readers. They're avid readers, they're avid watchers, they're mm-hmm. avid talkers. I'm a slow um, reader. Some people can just like yeah. run through a book. Well, I'll tell you, I'll Take You There by Wally Lamb was another great read. Okay, Love good. It. So, really enjoyed it. And oh, cool. I think you would too. It's about a it's about a film critic. Uh, a movie, no, no, a film professor. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. might enjoy it. So. How long is the book? It's not long. 250 pages. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I know. Right? Manageable. Yeah. All so, right. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you for listening to us for another episode. Hey, before we go, we have a few things we're going to talk about what do we have to talk about well first of all we're together okay yes so the obviously the sound quality is not going to dip uh this time we hope it's better than ever and we are recording with um a boom arm so you know one of the professional podcasting uh we are really stepping up we told you we were going to step it up and here we are stepping it up exactly and we learned how to record edit and um sort of distribute our podcast via an ipad with no minimal minimal yeah <laughs> <laughs> no minimal Minimal listenership li- uh, yeah whatever uh yeah but um i i think this ipad is super cool and Good. you know my laptop dies in 45 minutes yeah. so it's it, it's nice to have um it's nice an to alternative have method of recording so not only will i be editing these episodes my dad is now learning as well i will be editing these episodes so as if well. you don't hear something wednesday at 6 a.m <laughs> just remember he edited it well this week you could apparently listen at 6 p.m on tuesday so hey it was an early release okay right, you know right well our audience was clamoring for a new episode yeah i'm sure they were uh, okay cool hey have you watched episode two of the book the book of boba fett no i've not neither have i we All should right. maybe watch it before you go 
Yeah, that's a good idea. I okay. think we should. Okay. All right, cool. Well, um, I would like to say thank you once again. Um, I would too. And I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is, is Easy Talk. Talk. Nailed it. <laughs>